Hey, welcome back. This is The Road to Melbourne, episode number three. And I mean, we've got to acknowledge the elephant in the room. It's been a little while <laughs> since my last episode, and there's a reason for that. Perhaps no surprises. These bloody calves have been causing a little bit of trouble. And well, my last update here was March the 7th. And um, man, I, I guess the best way to go about it is just to give you a bit of a run through on what's happened, on why it happened, on where we're at now, on, and on uh, on how things are looking. So March 7th, I came to you and I told you that, uh, I mean, like it hadn't been the perfect build-up in terms of everything just running absolutely smoothly. And that's fine, because what are we now? At uh, the time of recording, I think today is like April the 21st, which means we've still got like, what's that, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, it's like six months until race day, <laughs> so there's nothing to worry about just yet, we've got a whole heap of time, but in all the excitement of getting back into running and uh, being out there with a bit of a structure and a bit of a plan, I was excited to um, to start stepping it up, and perhaps uh, naively, I'm not 100% sure I jumped back into things a little bit too quickly. Now, episode number two on the road to Melbourne was back in back on March the 7th, and I think I gave you a bit of an overview of what was going on with my calves. So for about a month, or probably two months, since the last day of January, I reckon it was, the last two months leading up to my last podcast recording, I'd been having a little bit of calf problems. And the truth was, I was done with the way I handled it. I was, I was resting for a week and go, okay, it feels a bit better, I'll jump back into it. I'd never really had calf strains before, and I'd never really thought about having to research it or figure out how to take care of them effectively or what needed to uh, happen. So after about, I reckon, my third or fourth calf strain, it was, uh, I've got it written down here, March 19, I went out for a, a run thinking, okay, I'm good again, and then uh, about six Ks in, I was like, okay, there's something seriously not going right. So I decided to get a little bit of proper treatment, a little bit of proper assessment. I went and saw a, a massage therapist who's also a fairly qualified runner in motion health up here. I saw Brad in Ocean Grove. He was referred or recommended to me by a mate of mine. Uh, apparently, he does a little bit of work with the Geelong Footy Club. He's He comes with, with many, uh, what do you say? He was highly regarded. The bloke that recommended him to me is a, is a bloke that doesn't recommend people lightly. So I thought, all right, I'm going to go and have a chat to Brad, explain to him what's going on, see what we do from this point. So that was a, a little over a month ago I went and saw him. I'm going to book in to see him again in the next week or two. Went and explained to him what was going on. He goes, look, essentially, here's the thing. You're 10 years older than you were and you're 10 kilos heavier than you were when you used to run. Plus, you hadn't done any real intensive workouts like you've been trying to do in the last few years. So the idea that you can just come back in with <laughs> with those factors and just think you can get started again is, is a little bit crazy. So, I mean, it hurt the ego a bit because whenever someone refers to age, I go, hang on a second, like that's surely an excuse. But I guess what people are more trying to refer to, because with age, obviously there can be hormone changes, but uh, muscle changes and things. But there's people still running world-class. Elliot Kipchoge is a great example at my age. So uh, I say that just to say that I think it's not so much the age as much as it is just the lack of intensive workout on the muscle groups that are required to run at a, a fairly high level, which need to be developed. So that's been the focus. I went and saw him a month ago, and he said, all right, here's what you've got to do. You've been an idiot with the way you've approached it. I said, well, thank you for the honest feedback. You're 100% right. He said, from now on, what you're going to do, you're going to have a week complete rest. Actually, that's not true. I'd, I'd almost finished a complete week of rest at that time. And by rest, I mean I'd been swimming and doing some cross-training, and I was still in the gym. 
But the week of rest was, okay, I wasn't running at all. I was just giving the muscle fibers a chance to, to start to recover. And then about seven days into that rest period, I went and got a massage from him. He worked on my hips and my back and my glutes. And he said, mate, you're incredibly tight. There's some good strength there, but you, you need to do some more work on um, just being supple and developing some flexibility, which was frustrating because I, I do a fair bit of yoga or so I thought. But in contrast, I guess, to how much time I'm not doing yoga, it's it's not a lot. Like a, a lot. I might do probably two hours worth of stretching in a week overall. Sometimes I'll do that in a yin yoga class. Other times it's just watching criminal psychology and doing 30 minutes worth of stretching while I do it. But I thought I was doing quite a bit, I guess, even with two hours worth of training or two hours worth of stretching in your leg. As he said, there's a whole heap of hours that you're not doing it. So probably need to focus a little more on that. Um, overall, like he got into my uh, my calves a little bit, but he said, here's, here's what you're going to want to do. So for the next month, he goes, if you want to run the Melbourne Marathon, it's important that you gradually build back up to training. The method that you'd been using up until this point is ridiculous. It's stupid for you to go out and just try and run 12K or run 10K. And in hindsight, it makes so much sense. But I guess hindsight's frustrating like that because when you don't know what you don't know, it's sort of hard to know about uh, how to go about it. So he recommended that for the next month, I do... Uh, twice a week, two really targeted calf sessions uh, in the gym. So those calf sessions involve, uh, essentially I'm holding a 10 kilo kettlebell and I've got a 20 kilo weight plate on the floor. I've got my toes hanging uh, uh, on the top of the weighted plate and then just going up and down with sort of the intensity or the pressure coming through my big toe. He said, if you feel like it's not going through your big toe, you're doing it wrong. So I'm doing about eight to 10 reps on each side times three there. And then after that, I'm, I'm doing um, uh, your tibialis anterior. So I've got a kettlebell with a strap with me sitting on a bench, my foot coming off the end of the bench and the top of my foot being weighted down and I'm forced to bring my toes back towards myself and strengthen that muscle just on the outside of your shin there. Same thing, three reps of that, uh, pretty much at maximum capacity. And then the last one is uh, we've got the, the barbell. I'm sitting down on a seat and with the uh, the bar across one of my knees at about 60 to 70 kilos, just doing um, calf raises with that. Amazing. Like My calves had never been a huge focus of my gym programs for a little while. So it's probably no surprise that the intensity and the um, just the strain that comes through your calves with each repetition or each step in a run, it's, it's very, very, uh, what do you say? It just... Pro- puts a lot of pressure on your joints and on your muscles. So this is essentially to help build the muscle so that 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 pressure can be absorbed a little more effectively. Now, uh, I I feel like and uh, like a month of working on any particular muscle group, you're going to notice this. My little calves are starting to pop. It was only three months ago my mum told me how tiny my calves were. So that was <laughs> that was probably evidence that something needed to be worked on. And then from there, it's just taken a whole heap of patience with the rehab to make sure that I'm doing the small things well. So uh, I've been doing that uh, three times, uh, twice a week, three reps of each e- exercise. And then I've been doing some skipping, 10 minutes a couple of times a week. But then with the actual running element, so after my week off, I started running every second day. Now, the first day, which was a little over a month ago, was uh, I did 60 seconds at a very slow jog, and then I did four minutes walk. And I did that six times. So you're out there for, for 30 minutes, and it, that felt good. So two days later, I did that again. And then two days later, I went up to 90 seconds of jogging and I had a three and a half minute recovery and I did that six times. So you're still at about that that 30 minute mark. Then build up to two minutes, then up to three minutes 
then up to four minutes, five minutes. And this is over the course of about a three-week period. And then just uh, last week, I got up to, I did a 20-minute run, and then I had a two-minute break. And then after the two-minute break, I got back out there and I did 10 more minutes, and that felt fine. So my biggest struggle in these moments is when it feels fine, I just want to get out there and start running. But essentially, I've given myself a a bit of a timeline. So uh, as I said, it's April the 21st. So I'm just going to keep on building until about May the 16th. I'm not going to be doing any hard sessions. I probably won't. I'm not going to run, I don't think, for more than an hour. I'd be very, very surprised. I might go out this Sunday and do 45 minutes, assuming my calves are still holding up. But there's going to be no real intense running. Like uh, I think about four minute 30k pace is the fastest that I I got to the other day. And even that, I was like, all right, just back it off a little bit. Because even though it felt good, the body felt good, the calves felt good. I know that when you start to get in a rhythm and 4.30 feels good, you're like, oh, let's just let the guard down a little bit. I think I'm fine. And that's where I start to lose the plot a bit. Before I know it, I'll be, I'll be doing sub four minutes. And I mean, it's only a month after my rehab started. So there's, there's no hurry for that. So in saying all of that, my 16-week block ideally is going to start June the 15th. So June the 15th is four months or 16 weeks out from race day. So as long as I can get to June 16th in relatively okay shape, I just want to be pretty fit if I can get to that point, I'll be happy. Now, the next three weeks till May the 15th, as I said, it'll just be running. I'm doing four days a week at the moment. I'll I'll go through my training with you in a minute. At the moment, I've only been doing 30 minutes and that's just been this week. Feels, Feels really good. Then from there, I'm trying to, from May the 15th till June the 15th, just get into a little bit of a structured routine as to what my 16-week block will look like. So it's going to be four to five days worth of running. Sunday's going to be my long run day, obviously. Um, So I might build up to around about an hour or thereabouts before May the 16th. And then Tuesday, I'll do my 30 minutes. Wednesday might be 45 minutes. And then uh, Friday, I'll go out for 45-ish and then I'll just gradually build on those days. So the actual structure of the week won't change much, but the duration or the length of the runs that I'm doing will, will be the thing that changes a little more. Then from there, I mean, 16 weeks is a lot, a lot of time to build up to a marathon. And I'm not going to be doing a, a full 16-week chunk of hard training. It'll probably be 12 weeks when we when we boil it down, 12 weeks of 30K plus all going well. I mean, we've got a lot to get done before we even get to that point. But that's a little bit of an overview as to what it looks like, as to what I'm going to be doing. Now, I'm going to make the massage part of my game a more structured part of the build-up to the Melbourne Marathon. I felt like once I got off the table, once Brad had given me a little bit of treatment, my, my body just felt a little more flexible, a little more relaxed. And it's just nice to, to get a bit of treatment. I remember speaking to Dane Verway, physiotherapist on here, just about some of the benefits of getting a hands-on massage rather than just doing, um, you know, like a foam roller, as good as they are and as much as I use it. Sometimes having someone else's hands to just get stuck into the muscles that sore can help you become aware of where the actual pain or tension is. And talking about it, I found was really beneficial with Brad. So I'm probably going to structure or, or incorporate one massage each month in the lead up to Melbourne. Uh, that's going to be one of the big changes. And then I'm going to incorporate once a week of this gym routine that I was talking about focused on the calves. Outside of all that, it's not like I'd just taken time completely off training. In the meantime, I'd been doing some swimming sessions. So I was trying to hit some pretty hard swim sessions just once a week. And the other ones I was, um, 
I was jumping on the elliptical. I was also doing some um, uh, some gym work. So on a, a Monday, I'm following like the Andrew Huberman routine. I've got stuck in his podcast lately, and he talks about structuring your workouts. Uh, one day doing torso, so like your your chest, your abs, and your back. The next day doing your legs, and the next day doing um, arms. I'm kind of doing a loose version of this because his training program is not specifically for. Um, distance runners but I just like the idea of having a, a good chunk or a good foundation of strength work in there somewhere so I'm not being not being too fussy with with that right now I also feel like it's really beneficial just the idea of maintaining strength throughout a running program is something which I, I personally think is really really undervalued and speaking to people like Keith Mueller who we had on here a couple of weeks ago Alice Bakey Dane Verway number of other people I, I think we can't underestimate just the importance of that strength routine so uh, essentially here is what the last couple of weeks have looked like so april 16th was when i did my first 30 minute run and again it was fairly cruisy i, I did that at four minutes 53k pace um, there was no pain whatsoever no discomfort felt good which was nice two days later april 18th went out again just and these are very relaxed paces exactly the same pace 453 just around point lonnie and then yesterday did the same thing. I'll do the same again tomorrow. So today is Friday. Tomorrow I'll go out and do 30 minutes again. And then assuming tomorrow feels good, Sunday I, I might stretch it out to 45 minutes, maybe max, assuming there's absolutely no pain whatsoever, which to date there hasn't been. And then this week I'll go 45 minutes on the Sunday, maybe a 30 minute on the Tuesday. But I'm really trying to play it by ear. I, I don't want to just go out there with a training program and go, okay, now this is exactly what I want to do because I think sometimes I can get too OCD and go, no, if it's on the training program, I've got to do it. So rather than have that approach, I'm going to um, just go, all right, how does the body feel? How does the calves feel? If they're feeling good, I'll, I'll work from that. Because I think if I'm honest, in the lead up to a couple of the calf injuries that I had had, I knew, I knew before the very first calf strain at the end of January that my calves were feeling a little bit tight. And I was like, oh, Tyce, you're overthinking it. You're going to be completely fine. Um, it proves in the pudding. <laughs> I wasn't at all. Now, I do, in saying that, have a, a bit of an overview of exactly what my 16-week block is going to look like. I'm going to put that up on the training hub. So all of you members who are uh, you know, on there for the bonus podcasts and also for the bonus training articles are uh, going to get access to that. So I'll give you a little more insight into exactly what that looks like. You can jump on the um, the, the forum or the, the, the Q&A part of the membership to ask any particular questions. Also, if you've got any questions that you want me to speak about on here, make sure you let me know because I'd love to be able to answer your questions more specifically. So if you jump on, submit your questions there, I'd be, be more than happy to answer it. But essentially, uh, training's not going to start getting really exciting, all going well until about June the 16th. I messaged Matt Fox the other day from Sweat Elite, had a couple of questions for him because he, he mentioned... Um, it was actually a separate question, but he mentioned some of the issues that he had with his calf strains in the lead up to, or when he was returning to, to marathon running. I think it was his calf strains or Achilles. So I messaged him just in terms of structure and things like that. So it's been great to have the support of some of the pros who have been on this podcast just to bounce ideas off because it's interesting. I've been involved in, in uh, either running or coaching for the last 20 two years, the last few years, I've been more focused on coaching than I have on the actual training side. But it's funny when it's your own running, you can get emotionally invested. It's so easy to look at other people's training with a clear head and with a clear structure. But when it's your own, it's amazing how much appreciation you can have for what it is that they're going for. So um, essentially, that's where we're at. 
that's where we're at. I'm going to keep doing the, the build-up. As I said, I'll keep doing the strength work. I'll keep doing the flexibility. I've partnered up, and I had a great conversation with Andy Blow from Precision Fuel and Hydration just recently. He was on the podcast. Andy Blow, he's such a good guy, such a wealth of knowledge on not just fuel and hydration, but on, on just making sure your body is in a really good place to get into the training. So I'm excited about that. Once I can get back to full training, um, they've been good enough to look after me with with a number of products. And they actually uh, have given me a discount code. I think I mentioned it on last week's podcast. If, if you're interested in taking their free sweat test, which I have taken, I've actually booked in to speak to a guy called Raf for a more personalized one-on-one free session on Monday. Uh, really encourage you guys to check that out. If you're training for a marathon, if you're training for anything in particular, um, that involves fuel and hydration and making sure that your body is up to scratch for the long haul of uh, you know what is required to do training-wise for that. I can't recommend them enough. I know um, Matt Fox is a big fan of them. Lisa Waitman, who's also, what is she, like the third or I think she's the third fastest Australian marathon runner of all time now. She's just recently become an ambassador of theirs. So they're a really reputable brand, not, in just, not just in the distance running uh, space but also in endurance sports and like with cyclists and, and footballers or soccer players over in the UK really excited so if you use the relaxed 23 coupon code that'll save you 15% so just I'm pretty sure it's all in capitals relaxed 23 I've got the link in the description for you below um, reach out to them if you'd like a, a little bit more assistance as I said, uh, there's there's a lot more going to be going into the training hub. So if you're not joined up there yet, it's only five bucks a month uh, US, like seven fifty Australian. Just trying to keep it as cheap as possible so everyone can have access to it. Um, as I said, you'll get bonus podcast episodes. Um, you'll get access to bonus training articles, well-researched training articles of a number of the best athletes and coaches from all around the world. It doesn't just look at training. It also looks at recovery and it looks at shoes and it looks at specific distance event um, training ideas and routines and things that are science-backed and science-based. And we make sure that whenever we post an article up there that speaks about this stuff, that we've got all the sources and references so you know um, that is rooted in actual science and uh, it's got some solid stuff to back it up. So uh, there's a lot of information on the internet. It, sometimes it's nice just to have a good solid place where you can find that information. So I'm really excited to see so many people getting behind that blog. It's It's been really, uh, really cool to, to watch you guys get on there and more than that, just to hear your feedback about it. So um, as I said, jump on board if you're interested, five bucks a month. Uh, you can also get a coaching thread with me. So if you've ever got uh, questions and answers that you need, around your training you can feel free to shoot that through um to let you know as well um if you're interested in getting running coaching in case you didn't know i offer that i i I work with up to 10 athletes at a time 10 athletes absolute maximum so uh if you if you're looking to get some personalized coaching you can jump onto the website relaxrunning.com hit the coaching tab shoot me a message wherever you are in the world i've got athletes in uh, uh, seattle New Zealand, New South Wales, Victoria. Uh, there's athletes all around all around Australia, but all around the world as well. So the beauty of the internet is that we can work together like that. That can be, uh, it doesn't matter if you're brand new or if you're experienced, I'd be more than happy to have a chat about whether or not we might be a good fit for each other. I know when I got involved in running, one of the most helpful things was just to have someone on my side who had been in the sport for a long time and could just eliminate the guesswork. Because there's so many questions that can become 
overwhelming. So together, my goal is to hear about, okay, where you're at with your training, what your goals are with your training, where you'd like to take your running, and then come up with a plan with you that you are confident in and that I'm confident in to start to take you towards where it is you'd like to be. I think some of the most common feedback or, or the way that I like to see myself as a coach is just eliminating the guesswork, eliminating that confusion. Whenever an athlete tells me that I do that, I feel like, all right, perfect. <laughs> my, job is, uh, my job is being done well. So if that is you, feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to have a chat to you. Um, spaces are limited, so it's. I think the best way to do it is just first in, best dress. So wherever you are, if you're interested, reach out to me. We'll line up a Zoom call for 15, 20 minutes. Find out if what I'm offering is what you're after. Um, and then from there, we can uh, we can look at taking it to the next level. But uh, that's where we're at. That's where I'm at at the moment. I uh, thanks for your patience. I know there'd been quite a few of you who'd been reaching out saying, "When's the next update going to come through?" But there hadn't been much to report apart from the fact I'd been in a really boring rehab space. So hopefully, the next update is even more exciting. I'll aim to do that in the next month or so um, when training is looking a little more normal. But um, hey, from Right now, that's where we're at. Excited to watch the Melbourne Marathon. Cheering for Matt Fox. Hoping he gets under that uh, 220 barrier. Um, anyway, I'll see you all here again next week. If you haven't already, make sure you jump over and subscribe on YouTube as well. We've got just past the 7,000 subscribers mark over there and quickly hunting down that 10,000 subs. So, um, yeah, there's a whole heap of extra resources there as well. Happy training, guys. See you all here again next week.